Welcome to the Southcrest Live podcast. If this is your first time to listen, please connect with us at www.southcrest.org for more information. Thanks for listening and enjoy today's message. Got to tell you, I'm just blown away. <laughs> that is awesome. It's just incredible. I don't know how you guys get that all organized and connected every week. I just, it blows my mind. Make sure I got my little clock working here. I don't know if you guys remember when they had the bad batteries in these. One time I, the batteries would explode actually, but they start smoking and get hotter and hotter. I put mine up on the thing and it started smoking. They thought I was sending a smoke signal text. You know. <laughs> <clears throat> I have to make sure that I tell my wife, stand up for a second. This is my wife, Monica. I could not do what we do without her. She's amazing. She's not only beautiful, but she's humble. I think the King James would call that smoking hot, but not consumed. I always feel like I need to explain a little bit. This is a traditional ribbon shirt we wear for celebration. And um, on the reservation, if you're a conservative traditional elder, which on the reservation, since the lifespan for a male is about 47, I'm ancient. <laughs> so you want to be identified with a conservative male elder, and they don't cut their hair. If you cut your hair like a buzz cut, like a lot of the guys here have, you would probably be in a gang on the reservation. So we want to be identified. Um, my son say it looks like your hair is trying to escape out the back door. <laughs> One of the things we tell our people is that because the message that first came was God loves you, but he doesn't like you very much. So you have to cut your hair, quit wearing your, your clothes like that. Um, quit speaking your savage language and playing your savage drums, and then you can have Jesus. And that is a putrefication of the gospel. That is colonization, not evangelism. So when we go in, we tell our people, one of the first things I say is, did you know Jesus was a tribal member? Yes. They didn't know that. Uh, yeah, he uh, danced in circles and they played hand drums, uh, animal skin with a, uh, stretched across a wooden hoop. They called them tambourines in the Bible. They sit up and they listen now because God chose a very similar culture for his own son to be born in. They want to know more about it. On the reservation, I used to say, well, if it doesn't move, we paint it, but we paint horses too, so I don't know what to say. Um, <laughs> This picture here represents, the mountains represent, by the blue, little white circles usually represent water, lakes, ponds, whatever. The bear paw represents, anyone? Strength. Strength. The sun painted like this represents light as opposed to representing heat or something else. So this picture here is... We have strength on our journey through life when we walk in the light. Ever get caught in a gossip or a lie? How puny and weak you felt spiritually? 
It's because we have strength on our journey through life when we walk in the light. When we uh, go to our church, we put down a blanket on the front. Usually we're not up high like this, but I'll sing a song, a hand drum song, and uh, our people will shuffle dance it up in their left hand closest to the heart, offer it up to God, and throw it on the blanket. And then we wrap it all up at the end, and we, we lift it up to God and ask him to multiply it and use it for his glory on the reservation. I'm going to try to teach you a quick song here so that you, you can get your Indian on a little bit. Um, it kind of goes like this is the course, okay? So don't try to jump in yet. It's way, oh, way, yeah, way, oh, hey, oh, hey, way, oh, way, yeah, way, oh, hey. Way away, yah, way away, oh hey, way away, yah, way away, way away, yah, way away, way away, the sound of the drum, the dancers come, way away, yah, way away, that's when they come up and bring their offering. So your part is going to be way away, yah, way away. Now, if you can't remember way away, yah, way away. It's okay. Just keep the cadence. Otherwise, it sounds like we're singing in a washing machine. Okay? <laughs> Here we go. Way, oh, way, ah, way, oh, hey, oh, hey, way, oh, way. All right, if you don't sing, I will teach you the dance that goes with it. All right? Way, oh, way, ah, way, oh, hey, oh, hey, way, oh, way, ah, way, oh, hey. Way away, yeah, way away, oh hey, way away, yeah, way away, way away, yeah, way away, way away, at the sound of the drum, the dancers come, way away, yeah, way away, moving our feet to the sound of the beat, way away, yeah, way away. Way oh way ah way oh hey hey oh way oh hey hey oh we honor Creator with unity. Way oh way ah way oh hey, loving all people with dignity. Way oh way ah way oh hey, way oh way ah way oh hey hey oh way oh hey hey oh all together. Way away, yah, way oh hey, oh hey, way away, yah, way oh hey, way away, yah, way oh hey, oh hey, way away, yah, way oh hey, way away, yah, way oh hey, hey oh, way oh hey, hey oh. Good, you guys are terrific. I will play this at the end. If you would like to, turn with me to Ephesians chapter 6, a very familiar passage. I know everybody here probably knows this better than me. I just want to make a couple uh, observations here, and then I'll be done. This is so important at this time. This is a message that we, we drill and drill into our people because Satan likes to separate. You know, if you look at something, you see if people are coming together, Jesus. If you see people are being torn apart, Satan. 
We, at this time in our nation, in our world, need to be coming together. We need to be helping each other. We need to be praying for each other. And this little passage this morning, I just want to point out some things that are going to help us deal with the world that we now live in. We can't do this Christian thing alone. We need each other. We need a tribe. And we need to come to each other's need. And we need to be sensitive and watching each other so that we can come to each other's needs. This whole tribal mentality is an interesting thing to study sometime if you want to study your Bible on the tribes and things like that. But the tribal mentality, do you know when the, the guys years ago came home from the wars, that's where the motorcycle clubs came from because they needed to feel connected to somebody. They needed somebody. They needed a tribe. They had somebody that had their back in the worst possible places, but now they have to do life after experiencing terrible things and they needed a tribe. It wasn't just motorcycles, but many places. That stuck out to me because I'm a motorcycle guy. But that's something that we all need. We all need each other. It's no wonder that Jesus said, do not forsake the assembling of yourselves together. You need each other. You can't do that Christian thing the way you're supposed to alone. You need each other. So we're in Ephesians chapter 6, verses 10 through 18 today. And I'm going to yak right in the middle of sentences. That's just what I do, okay? So we'll stop and we'll, we'll make some observations as we go through here. Ephesians 6, 10. Finally, be strong in the Lord and his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand. You might want to underline take your stand against the devil's schemes. And by the way, that word's translated into the schemes there, schemes. That Greek word is methetai. It's a specific, developed, orchestrated scheme to try to bring you down. And that's what this, the devil does. And the Bible says, you're not unaware of it. He's been doing it for 2,000 years. We have to pay attention, not let the easy things get by us. For our struggle, pola, hand-to-hand -hand combat. When we look at that word struggle, sometimes it, we, we minimize it. Oh, yeah, I struggle. I struggle with this or I struggle with that. With this pola is a hand-to-hand gladiator death match. Hand-to-hand -hand combat. This is serious stuff. So when Scripture tells us you're going to struggle, stand your ground. The devil has orchestrated schemes to pull you down. Stand your ground because that struggle is real. It's not a little wrestling match. It's not WW, whatever that is. This is a death match. This is a fight for the lives of people, for the souls of man. Hand-to-hand -hand combat. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and the, against the spiritual forces of evil in heavenly realms. Therefore, 
Put on the full armor of God so that in the day of evil, when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. Underline that again. And after you have done everything to stand, it's istemi is the word there. Istemi, stand your ground, stand your ground, stand your ground. It's over and over and over in this passage. And then he describes the armor of God here, what you must do before this battle. This is where you get in the teepee around the campfire and you discuss this stuff. This isn't the powwow where you go celebrate. This is where you have a war council where you get together and you discuss what you're going to do and you figure it all out and you read God's word and you decide this is how we're going to stand our ground. We're going to hold fast. If you want a clear conscience, this passage is going to teach us how to do that today. I wish I could show you all the many ways in the last 30 years of some of the darkest places in the United States, how this has played out in our life and how it has encouraged us. I wish I could tell you all those stories, but I can't. I can't do it for you. I can only use God's word to point you in the right direction here. Let God point you with his words. And here it is. Here's the understanding that we want to take home today. Decide today to gather your tribe to stand your ground. Decide today to gather your tribe to stand your ground. Now, I know I'm not everybody's cup of tea, you know, so my circle's small, but let me tell you, I know who has my back. If I've done anything right in ministry, it's to align myself with people like Gary, Gary Beatty, godly men that will speak anything into your life anytime because you need to hear it. That keeps your iron sharp there. And if I've done anything right, it's that I've had these young, these great men of faith around me. But we have to decide today to gather our tribe to stand our ground. This part is about what you do. Decide today to gather your tribe and stand your ground. The armor of, the armor of God teaches this very truth. As we look at this and we break down a couple of these words, we're going to see how this paints a picture for us this morning. Because freedom comes from doing the right thing. When you do the right thing, you don't have to worry about what you, when you say the right thing, you don't have to worry about what you said. When you do the right thing, you don't have to worry about what you did when you lay down in bed at night. You have peace and you have freedom because you've done the right thing. I was at a, um, I guess, I don't know what you call it, an interview, I guess, with, with a church, and um, they took, the men all took me, and the women all took my wife, and the greatest thing my wife has ever said about me, she didn't even tell me, somebody else told me. And they asked, the women got together, and they asked my wife, well, tell us something about your husband. And she said, he always does the right thing. Now, that's not true, but what a compliment. And ever since then, I've tried to live up to that in her eyes because you have incredible freedom when you do the right thing.
In verse 14 is the first part we're going to jump in and look at. The armor of God teaches this statement of truth, the belt of truth. Verse 14, stand firm then with the belt of truth, Salathia. Salathia is actually an attitude of truth. You decide that you're going to have that attitude of truth. You're not going to back down. You're going to stand your ground. And sometimes it's going to be awkward. Sometimes it's going to be very uncomfortable because you're going to have to stand your ground with an attitude of truth. It says, stand firm then with the belt of truth, Salathia, buckled around your waist with the breastplate of righteousness in place. This is used in Roman times to talk about being ready. Are we ready? Now, if I asked you, are you ready to go to heaven? Everyone would say, yeah, I'm ready to go to heaven. I mean, except for maybe a couple that think I'm getting a group together right now. <laughs> but we'd all say, yeah, I'm ready to go to heaven. Yeah, after a week like this, I'm ready to go to heaven. But this was something a little deeper. This was the belt that kept everything tucked in together. Now, Paul is in prison at this time, and he's looking at how they dress, and he sees their attire and what they, how they use their uniform, basically. And seeing how they're dressed, he describes the belt around their waist, how it goes around here and then cross, crisscrosses up over the shoulders and around the back. And in the gladiator death matches, they would take all that, uh, those little, um, let's see, those, those mini kilts, you know, and they'd, they'd tuck them in everywhere in that belt to where they look like they're wearing a wrestler's singlet so that nothing is hanging out. Nothing is available to grab and be pulled down by. And that's how they would dress. And if you watch that Gladiator movie, this is one of the things they really got right. Movies do not get a lot of things right. Do not learn about Native America from Dances with Wolves, okay? <laughs> do your research. But in that movie, The Gladiator, it, it was very true how they had everything. I, I really enjoyed that. They had everything tucked up in there. So, you know, how many of you played football would get benched by the coach if you had your shirt tail hanging out because somebody could reach out and drag you down from behind. That's why they tucked all this up inside that gladiator belt. And Paul seeing this says, to keep everything together, you must first have an attitude of truth, that belt of truth. You first have to have the attitude of truth to keep it together. Amen? I know that if I don't keep it, if I don't keep the attitude of truth present, I'm not keeping it together. If I could kick the rear end of the person that gives me the most trouble in ministry, I wouldn't be able to sit down for a month. <laughs> and Paul, seeing how they use this, he understands this and tries to draw us a picture. To keep everything together, you must first have that attitude of truth. We have to decide that I will live God's way. I will live God's way. God's way. Get up every morning. I'm going to live God's way this day. Yeah, I may have failed at some things. Today, I'm going to live God's way. That's what I'm sitting my, setting my mind to. I will live God's way. I won't leave any loose ends flapping around in the wind for the devil to sneak up behind me and pull down. 
I'm going to live God's way. Now, I've known people who thought they had it all cinched up, and they seemed to me to be super spiritual. But you know, it only took one thing to pull them down. And Satan will use that because then he can, he can use that to give a black eye. And sometimes we do it to ourselves. It's like sometimes the bride of Christ is battered, bruised bride limping down the aisle with a black eye, you know? Sometimes it seems like the army of God is the only one that shoots their wounded when we need to be coming together to help each other, to hold each other. Scripture goes on to say, take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, and pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. We need each other. We need to constantly pray for each other, to hold each other up. We could not do what we do without folks like you. Yeah, we're out there on the edge, you know. But let me tell you, the devil's, I've been hanging on that edge while the devil's dancing on my fingertips many times. And it's a very thought of all the people that we've known throughout the years, all the, the godly men and women who pray for us day in, day out. The little tiny uh, lady who sits at home and, and thinks her ministry isn't that much because she can't do so many things anymore, but she prays for us week in and week out. And that's why we can do it. The second thing is gather your tribe. Decide today to gather your tribe. This is the shield of faith, verse 16. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish the flaming arrows of the evil one. This isn't that little shield like the gladiator had. This is a different type. You know, you remember the little round one that they deflect the sword, the short swords blows off. This is a, a different. This word is thuron, and it is a huge door. It's like four foot high, two and a half feet wide door. And they would soak it for like six hours to get waterlogged. And these guys, you can imagine they'd have to be pretty strong to be able to hold this. And they would hold that up at an angle. They would jam it down into the ground and they would put their shoulder into that and they would stand against it. They would stand firm. You couldn't run with it because warriors weren't meant to run. They jammed it down in the ground and they stood their, their ground and they held it tight. And this only works in community because the next guy would come up and they would, they would interlock their thurons, their big shields. They'd interlock them. And then the next row would come over and they'd lay theirs down on top of theirs. And it would create a, a dome-like surface that when those flaming arrows would come and they'd hit those water-soaked doors... Maybe that combustible, flammable liquid would spatter, but soon go out on a waterlogged Thuron. And they stood against 
the flaming arrows. The third thing is stand your ground. Stand your ground. In Native America, every Native I know knows what a dog soldier is. These dog soldiers of, of years and years ago would literally, when the enemy would come, they would tie themselves with a leather strap and they would stake themselves to the ground. You would have to kill them. You couldn't, you couldn't beat them. You could only kill them. They stood their ground. Stand your ground, it says in verse 15, and with your feet fitted, feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. These are shoes that are like cleats, okay? And the guys that would hold those doors would have these like two-inch nails sticking out the bottom of these, these cleat-like shoes. And a lot of people think that this is, uh, when it talks about this gospel of peace, it's talking about evangelism, but it's, it's actually talking about salvation here. If you jot down Colossians 1, 19 and 20, it says, For God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in him and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether things on earth or things in heaven, by making, underline it, peace through his blood shed on the cross. Salvation. This is like in the cowboy movies when... Um, the cowboy's talking to the other guy, and he says, you better make peace to your maker, peace with your maker, you know? That's the kind of peace this is talking about. Better make peace with your, you better have salvation. That's what this is talking about here. We stand our ground. We have this peace through his blood. People don't talk about the blood so much anymore because we're a pretty bloodless society. I think a lot of people in the younger generation don't even realize where the steaks in the supermarket come from, you know? They grow on that cellophane tree. <laughs> but this blood was important. And these guys, this is where you're saying, like these, these great warriors with their shoulder in the door and cleats on their feet, this is where you're saying, I'm going to stand in the fact that God has made me his child. I don't have to give in to sin. So I'm going to gather my tribe and I'm going to stand my ground. I'm going to decide today to gather my tribe and stand my ground. I'm not going to live any other way than God's way. Today is his day. I'm going to dig my cleats into the ground. I'm going to put my shoulder into that giant shield. And I'm going to ask my friends to dig in and connect their shields with me. And we're going to stand as a community the way God intended. And we will not be moved. And God has given us too much ground to surrender any of it to Satan. Only soldiers with the shields would wear these shoes. They're like air raider sandals. They have like two-inch spikes. You could not possibly, you would look like a flamingo to try to run in these. And they had this shield that they could not run with because we weren't intended to run. 
But these shoes, you know, like leather straps across there with, as if they had driven two-inch nails through them. You, you can actually see these at the Smithsonian Museum. You can examine them. They don't like you to touch them because they're very fragile and they break really easy. I feel bad about that. I really do. <laughs> but don't touch them because, you know, this guy's going to get real irritated. But you have to decide today to gather your tribe to stand your ground. We've got to get to that place where we say, you can, you can stand me up at the gates of hell, but I won't back down. Right on? And we got to be that for this reason. Others are watching. And we need others to be able to see us as a place to run when things get messy. Because let me tell you, things are getting messy these days. God has said, I'll give you the power. I'll give you the power to do anything you need to do. But you have to decide to stand your ground. You have to decide today to gather your tribe and stand your ground. There's nothing worse in ministry, in the Christian walk, than not being able to celebrate a victory you should have been able to celebrate. Not being able to celebrate a victory you should have had. How sad. We weren't meant to stand alone, folks. We were meant for each other. We need each other. It's paramount to the Christian walk. We have to decide today to gather our tribe and stand our ground. I'm going to ask you, if you would, just to bow your heads for a couple minutes. I'm going to play the Native American flute. And if you would pray not only for our people to be as one, because on, on the reservation, Wind River Reservation, it's the northern Arapaho and eastern Shoshone. Now, the government put warring tribes together in the hopes that they would kill each other off. There's still a lot of dissension between the two cultures. And I'm going to ask you today to tear those walls down. Let's just go to the only one that can make those changes. And while you're at it, maybe there's some walls that you need to tear down here. Little things that were built up and got away from you. It's never too late. There's not a single person here that should be ashamed to tell Jesus, I need your help. Let's bow our heads.
Thank you for listening to today's message. If you would like more information, to make a commitment, or to request prayer, please text the word podcast to 555-888. You can also connect with us on our Southcrest app or our website for complete worship services or to plan to visit us in person. Thanks again for listening.